And good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. Today, uh, we get a chance to get an update on Pottawatomie County issues and concerns. And joining us in the studio today, Pottawatomie County Commissioner from the 1st District, Dee McKee. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you in here today on this uh, rainy Tuesday. Uh, your drive-in, okay? Was it a little slippery out there on the roads? It was wet, but we have have two lanes going in both directions. That's good. On Highway 24, and there's still a little interference in places where they aren't finished, but it seemed to make it a reasonable trip for the first time in quite a while. They seem to be getting closer on that. Is that almost wrapped up there at the Green Valley intersection? Um, they, they've given them themselves, there's the details and the polish and all of that. That You know, they may set up a crew and close down a section to do something that has to do with it. But it's it's much closer than it was when we started. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'd say in another month, they'd probably all be finished. Depends on the weather. And they've had some interference problems with stealing some of the uh, forms for the uh, concrete and just rain and accidents it's been an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I drove I drove back on my way back from Westmoreland. I decided to go down the Flush Road and, and into town that way. And I noticed they got the new streetlights installed there at Green Valley Road. It's not just hanging on wires anymore. It actually looks uh, pretty nice there. Well, now if everybody will pay attention and they're timed right, we'll be in business. Uh, yeah. There's still that side back road that I don't think is open. I didn't look this morning. It could be, but there's more components of that to be finished, so... All right. Well, we're we're glad to get where we are. Progress. It's a, it's a little bit of progress. I know roads are always a, a concern here, and we can talk about the roads here in a little bit uh, with uh, you know how things are going uh, on improving some of those. Uh, but I want to start first with uh, this process that's been going on here, the last few meetings uh, dealing with conditional use permits. It's been uh, complicated. I think uh, is is a good way to put it. The planning commission voted six to two on on a couple of these here a few weeks ago. And then you guys received them, um, I don't remember if it was a week ago or a two week weeks ago. ago. Was it a week ago? Okay. Um, and the decision was yesterday to, to go ahead and, and table it a little bit further down the road. A lot of concerns I know that each of you have on on these. And uh, you're operating almost in a quasi-judicial manner. Is that fair that, to say? That's exactly. Uh, the law has changed. The courts have made some different uh, responses to similar questions in other counties. One of one of them, I think, is Sumner County, and the other one, uh, Wabunsee County. And in those cases, and this was brought to us at the state commission meeting about a month ago. Well, actually, early in the uh, late in the winter, it came up, but it's becoming uh, a bigger discussion of things that you allow something to happen on the property that uh, is not just straight coded out for farm residential, uh, commercial. There's those broad categories. But within those settings, a farmer may want to do some kind of, well, our example is a, an event center with selling the grapes that were uh, produced on the farm and having an event center and, and some other support pieces for uh, entertainment of people who come out there. And the state has said some uh, things that appropriate to agriculture are allowed as ag tourism and ag economic development. And then there become other little pieces they want to put in that could be questionable as ag economic development. It, it's just uh, 
tourism. I mean, I guess we could put your statue up there someplace and make it monumental, and they want to come to that, but you wouldn't necessarily be agriculture. But it would be a draw. But the 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 slowdown is that after the decisions on those cases, it was um, expressed to the counties that the people who make the decisions on the um, conditional use plans have to be elected. So we have our planning board go, go through and take a look at the process and uh, evaluate it on its merits and concerns, and they do hearing with the people. And they document that, and we received all those testimonies. And from that, uh, we opened up the idea of, you know, we'll have a, a discussion in the county meeting where we are going to have to make the final decision, even though they voted. And there are some rules that if, if it's a two-third, uh, if it's a negative vote, we have to have uh, uh, a majority vote the opposite if it seems that it should be that way. Uh, we can vote with them if it's all a majority. There's some little rules there, but in each case, we have to document based on uh, considerations appropriate uh, in the uh, control issues. I can't even remember all of them. Mm -hmm. And I asked yesterday like for a five sheet. Five steps, right. Five steps. Those five steps on a sheet so we can write down as we go about how that goes. And that will be because it's possible to go on. This can go on to be adjudicated if somebody disagrees. It's tied a lot to the very basic American republic concept of property rights. Uh, you have your property rights and everybody who has uh, their own property believes that they have rights as well. And the question is, does somebody else's property have control over your property and to what extent? So it's quite a, a quasi-judicial opportunity for us to think and reevaluate. And we are looking at other counties who have done it to look at their guidelines, trying to this is the first time we go through it. It takes some time, but trying to get the correct considerations in place so that we can avoid adjudication, or if it comes, we have it documented appropriately so we're not just in there looking like, we like him and we said yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's inter it's entertaining. <laughs> well, I understand it's a process, and, and I, I was at the meeting yesterday, and I, I was a little surprised that... Uh, Never quite moved to the Sawyer property. The, the Ferkel properties is where we got kind of a, ha a hang up at here, and it seems to me like that's the one that's not as controversial as the other one. But that uh, the the fact that you know uh, all these uh, the back and forth between uh, the commission and and the and uh, planner county planner just kind of we seem to be going in circles. It seems like the last couple we weeks we do that sometimes. It's our free merry-go-round ride. Um, Again, we haven't done it before, and there's these concerns. And depending on how much you've read about it, uh, the question comes up, uh, how do you do this? And mm -hmm. some of it is as simply as saying there should be a fence beside a pond where there's a playground. And to, to me, I think that's probably the liability of the owner and not necessarily ours absolutely to say, but everybody can bring up their ideas and, and talk about it. We talked about noise and decibels, uh, no good way to test that, but... What probably we all three agree on is a having a person who will periodically evaluate any of these uh, uh, CPUs, alter, alternate loose uses of ground, to make sure that they are staying effective and appropriate. Um, and that, that way 
once we once we approve them, they haven't forever unless we keep, you know, every three-year check or five-year check or, or on the basis of complaint check. <clears throat> and we are, I guess, kind of putting that together in the background before we say yes to these so that we do have the mechanism to um, take care of it. The ones that are historically there, there are problems in sometimes about maintenance and so on, and not having that control in there is one of the catalysts for us to talk about doing this other process. We could use the inspectors for other things as well as many projects and sewers and things that are going on that when they go out, they can drive and check it. But it, we talk of it, we have not established that yet. Well, and I, you know, I, I think it's good to you know properly vet these because you don't want to have a potential uh, litigation against you. At some point, it's kind of a balancing act, really. You got to, uh, because it's probably not fair to the property owners uh, that want to do this to to have it delayed. Uh, you know, we're going to go out a, a month here. Uh, is is there some um, is there some pressure, maybe a little, on the commission to maybe speed this up a little bit? Because it feels to me like, uh, and I'm not I'm not pointing single anybody out, but maybe there's a little bit of a lack of preparation before the meeting here from the commission. Uh, of, of knowing exactly what they want as far as the conditions. Well, uh, commissioners can't talk to each other before the meeting. This is the forum on which mm -hmm. when you have three commissioners, two is a majority, and that's the violation of open meetings issue. And it only serves at the level of county commissioners where there's three, another whole st situation on that. But um, bringing these ideas forward, uh, y you're right. We did give a conditional go ahead and proceed with the playground and the things on this process when we're going to still consider uh, how to maintain it, uh, the inspections that we need. I always am concerned that uh, there was a discussion about let's just do one thing at a time, but in a business plan, a business person needs to be able to say to his financial person, here's what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to do this, and this is how it's going to cash flow. And we can't take that away from them by by giving them just a little piece and then walking back in later and say, well, we decided this won't work. Um, and I can, I get concerned about that because that, that is the, the need to give the owner the chance to know where he's going to be and what he can and can't do or that he can appeal if he wants to. But we got to get that point where we've given a decision so they can. Yeah. And, and there's an economic factor here too. I know that, uh, you know, you got the, the tourism aspect here. Uh, wedding venues. I don't know. I haven't heard when these two property owners want to start hosting these type of events. I don't know if they wanted to start it right away or if that's something you know a year down the road. But we're this is a prime wedding season, so I would imagine if they're trying to get it going this year, uh, likely that ain't going to happen right away. Well, that's that's the reason the gentleman that's growing apples and doing the apple farm and so on was not absolutely to the wedding venue moment. The other one that uh, had had an interest in getting it started and. Um, I think he has the the building basically together. It's just giving it the opportunity to be used that way. Take a deep breath. It's hard to tell them not to use their property the way they want. They co everybody within a thousand feet is invited to make comment. Um, and I kind of sit there and live in an urban area where two houses down there's a swimming pool and the music's turned up really high and they're dancing and screaming and la laughing and having a good time. And during that afternoon when that goes on, and that evening, I, there's no recourse in the city necessarily to, to come back with that. And so um, everybody, everybody has property rights, and it's one of the blessings of this country at the same time. 
it also, what we're trying to do is make them work together enough to, to be satisfied that they can all have what they want, their horses or their apples or their, their grapes. And we won't make them all right. <laughs> yeah, you're not but we're really right. trying to get a good solid base under it to make sure that we can maintain it. And if it gets out of hand, we can go back and help uh, adjust it. We, I don't know if there'll be a fine or just a fix up, but mm -hmm. that's in the debate. That's why we're slow. <laughs> All right, we've got Don here on the phones. He's got a question for you, D. Uh, Don, go ahead. Yeah, change the subject here a little bit. On the uh, Scorpio building there on Excel 24, yeah. uh, two questions. Uh, sh should you think you guys really should be checking for another road to get rid of the excess traffic to get them directed going into town over like over Marlette? And another thing, now you know, that's the flood, flood zone area. And now you're putting a building up there with 500,000 square feet of buildings and a parking lot. Uh, what are you going to, I know the city is talking about annexing it in, but the Pot County and the city of Manhattan is going to be responsible for do their, doing that, getting rid of that water uh, out there because I'm just seeing a big lawsuit coming right now because that water cannot go over 24 like it does now. So you guys should probably think about doing something about drainage out there because you will have a big lawsuit because if it starts flooding people on the south side of 24, it's on your hands. All right, let's hear your what you guys have in the works. And maybe you might want to get a little uh, an engineer in there that knows what's going on so they can kind of plan ahead for this. And because uh, you dropped the ball on the school and for getting 10,000 cars out of one one road. So uh, maybe you should need to think ahead a little bit and uh, help the poor guy out a little bit. All right, you all have a good day. Don, I thank you for your questions. I think I should put you on the county commissioner's scene because it's exactly what I have been concerned about on behalf of our region. I did uh, bring up to our administrators and engineers that I believe there should be a complete drainage study put on by this group before they do that and I contacted a gentleman who knows some of the people at the railroad uh, trying if we have a drainage design I think they would allow us to open up that railroad a little bit I've been told that no promises but trying to get the, get a good solid um, method of getting the water out out of that area I think is a component of allowing it to be there. Where it is, with the six foot that they're raising the ground, they will probably exceed and be okay out of the floodplain. You're right, where does the water go and how fast will it go to everybody else? Uh, I ask that of FEMA as well when they finish the last study and they do not do kind of an anticipatory, here's where the water's going to go if Manhattan raises the dike two feet. Uh, how many people should then have flood insurance and my answer in, in singularly following that up is, uh, well, that comes a little bit later. <laughs> and I always think, yeah, it's too late when it's too much later. But I am with you on that idea of discussing the, the drainage and uh, flood zone. And as far as another road and the school, yesterday we finally, after many times of have me making a motion, we are designing the road that uh, goes up Excel, um, where it starts at Caraway and goes clear over to Junietta, we're going to get the uh, drainage and plan together and then turn on harvest and, and have that corner where it goes, those two di directions straightened out. 
because it's it's a dead you can't see on that corner there's some things on it that are challenging and um, we have looked at some funding for that uh, a discussion but that road that road became necessary the moment the school said that they were going to put the school there and they gave us that notice about one week ahead of we're going to break ground and we've tried to work with the school and we will continue to work with the school to try and make sure that um, the roads that can serve that area are there in their quality. It is very difficult to have all those kids come up Green Valley and uh, turn and then come back down Green Valley. The school buses, the milk trucks, all of the uh, waste trucks, all of the itinerant teachers. It, it really, when you're there, you look at it and shake your head and go, this is not tolerable for the long run. And I have always said we need to um, enter into a design to go west on Junietta at a crossing area that can be determined. I've not said it absolutely had to be straight across to Marlette, although we own on, on the um, east side the right-of-way clear to the river, which was one reason that taking that route is a, an expense-saving process to us. It is in discussion. Uh, the, the design for the at least the dirt road from Junietta over to Harvest Road and Excel down to where this new company is is now approved to be designed uh, and get shovel ready, a bridge over that area, um, some culverts to enter back into the school. Uh, and we are now talking about trying perhaps to create, this is a discussion, so I guess I can say discussion, uh, a, a quarter or a half cent sales tax, which draws from out of the county that we get a lot more sales tax from people who aren't in the county than are in to work on those roads. Elm Slough was another one. Uh, that's been really a concern for the kids that go up to Rock Creek. And we're looking at specific roads across the county that would be beneficial to taxpayers in all areas and then try to put that together as a vote for a, um, a future sales tax simply because property tax is, <sighs> with the dark store and all of the things that are going on, property tax Volatility, 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 volatility. Abbreviate those words and go. Has has in the future some real kinks in it. If they decide the dark store law that they are appraised as empty, and that's in the courts right now. You can probably watch that on online through the state supreme court. But if they decide that, a lot of valuation will go away from commercial and it'll go to houses and things and. We just need to have Plan B in our minds for the growth that we have and the fact that roads at least should be wide enough that two people can pass and, and uh, do it safely. All right. We've got a little long here, so I'm going to take a break here, and we'll come back more with Dee McKee in a moment on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN, talking with Dee McKee here from the Pottawatomie County Commission. As uh, we continue our discussion, uh, they've had a lot on their plate here as of late, uh, you know, we talked about the CUPs. Uh, the reason I brought that up first is because I know you've got a, a number of these that are, are on the on the agenda here over the next uh, month or so. Uh, rock quarries is another one, and uh, boy, that's a there's another tough uh, question you've got uh, facing you here in the next month. Because what is there? Is there three rock quarries that are coming up, or four? Okay, four, yeah, four, of them. and and you'll start those uh, in June. Yes, and. Um... Rock, rock quarries are 
interesting because they are a product that is needed for maintaining the services of the county. Our county has quality rock. Some places they have just sand or they have dirt. I, I grew up in a county where I never saw white rock like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the people who do that ask as a business, and it's a conditional use permit, conditional to use to, to quarry, and then it's leased from somebody. I suppose, uh, I don't know this, I suppose they could have their own ground and want to do it too, but the, the discussion there is uh, how, how does it again affect the surrounding neighborhood and uh, appropriate and historically, at least when we looked at it, we didn't, we didn't inspect them as much as we should have and we didn't check the, the issues. But talking to them earlier in this process if there's a house nearby, they go and check the foundations and make sure that they're all right, and they check the wells, and if there's any damage, they have a bond to take care of all those things, and so I've learned a little bit about that. Um, when they go into process, there's to be a reclaiming of the ground after the rocks are gone. Um, older ones didn't have that obligation, so that you can find ones that they say, this is terrible. Um, and we are talking about so much an, an appropriation to the county to fix roads or take care of roads from the numbers of um, loads that are hauled. We Most recently in Pottawatomie County, much rock went down to the wind tower development in Franklin County, and down the area by Franklin, Frankfurt. And people didn't want that money to go without us getting something out of it. So all of those kind of things are also in the discussion about how can we make certain that we don't violate somebody's law, but we can uh, allow those that should be there? And it's not a—it's—it's it's difficult. It's not a race. One you know, one one wins over the other. Each one goes on its own merits. So that—that's another process of of talking about it. And um, we've had—it's interesting. We get people that you know they they want to just keep the prairie and they want prairie chickens and all of those things and that 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 is an emotional appeal but not necessarily validated and I guess I will speak from my own experience of having wind towers on our ground in western Kansas I think there's more pheasants in the grass around the tower than they would be if we were actually just plowing the field and growing wheat because there's that area of a 200 foot around there and it's an isolated nobody goes through um work area that's part of the uh, lease. So I, those kinds of emotional pieces are hard to put onto the place when you're talking with someone who has a livelihood and wants to have a business. And the, the, the farmers, the owners of the ground have a right to talk about what they want to have happen with it as well. And our, our mode is to just you know, modify and look and see what issues are relevant, and then there may be, and I think there's about six of them that we've come up with. If if having a big, tall tree fence is not something that the person that has the house wants, don't put the trees up there. With an apple farm, you can't have cedars because they ruin apples. Right. <laughs> there's just so many little things you find out when you get one. So we're working on it. It's a work in progress. Uh, we've talked to a lot of people, and we will continue to talk to experts in the field. We're looking at other counties to see how they've done it and what plus and minus happened. And we, we won't be 100%, but that's 
I mean, that's not normal to get 100%, but we're going to try and get as close as we can to practical and these conditional use things then do not get eliminated. They become part of the economic base. When they start doing this, they become a commercial thing rather than farm ground to some to the appropriate amount, and that helps our tax base, and that's like telling somebody you don't want them to drill an oil well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've never stopped them for that. So. Uh, complicated. I'll, yeah, no no doubt. And, and one of the complicating factors is is just the regulations of this. And I know that uh, the, the regulations have been updated here on a lot of things. Are you satisfied with kind of where you're at on uh, right where the regs are written for these specifically? Or does more need to be done on that? We, we sent the planning board back to correct some things already yesterday that we thought were um, not specific enough or we wanted to have not shall may but shall you know uh, mandatory rather than discretionary okay again we're talking with Dee McKee here uh, from the uh, Pottawatomie County Commission we've got a a number of things so we can cover here we got a looks like a phone call possibly coming in here so we'll wait and see what that's about Uh, you you mentioned the 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 roads uh, piece here uh, yesterday, uh, I I arrived a little late here to the public comment period, but there was a number of folks uh, concerned about, and I wasn't sure what uh, road they were discussing, but some uh, some issues. Uh, do you remember at the beginning of the meeting the the public comment period? There was a number of people on the Elm Slough Road, which runs north, no east, east and west, uh, approximately. Well, it goes clear across to to Wamigo from the west side of community it it changes its name to walker road and it crosses flesh road and then it comes on over and there's been um in our time my time as a commissioner a discussion of making that road a a crossroad and quality enough that people could use it instead of going down to 24th especially if they were going to be able to go over to the high to the university they wouldn't even have to go down to 24 they could get on to junietta and go across on a route and there have been a couple incidents on that road, uh, student rolling a car, uh, rear-ending of a school bus, and uh, otherwise. And we have started, well, we started several years ago trying to get the right-of-way to make part of that road uh, wider as step one, at least in my mind in the discussion, it was step one to go across the process. Got delayed by uh, condemnation issues on some people who didn't want to give up the road Right now, Salzer Road, which connects is, connects to that road, will be uh, upgraded, and then we'll go uh, to the east and west on that road some distance. And there's some improvements right off of Flush Road going east uh, based on a new development that's there. So it stays in the conversation, but what, my opinion, one, one commissioner doesn't count any place, but I mm. believe that no, whether we can pave it or not, we should go in and take down the sidewalk, get enough right of way to make it a wide enough road that heavy equipment and trucks can go down and not really pressure each other. It's not wide enough for general um, farm equipment and uh, two of them passing each other at the same time. And having grown up on a farm, I don't think that we do anything wrong to have one good road like that that goes across the county there up up at that level. That is in the our uh, 2040 plan of area of development, housing, and so on. So it will be focus area where we want most of the residents to be. And for that reason, it's also uh, uh, 
getting on it and getting it rocked, and it is a rock road right now, but right. getting it with the correct ditches and the correct bridges would be a, a step for the future. Gotcha. Uh, Robert is standing by with a question. Robert, go ahead. Well, it's another year, and we're getting ready to renew our tag with that drive out to Westmoreland. It would sure be good if we had an extension office, uh, auxiliary office for the tags and titles somewhere down here along Green Valley Road where everybody lives or some of the empty storefronts along 24. Uh, even if you put a fee onto it, we have to spend 50 cents if we do it by mail. We have to spend $8 if we do it with $4 gas. Mm. You know, yes. okay, thank you for your consideration. Um, that That's um, a comment that comes quite frequently. It has some some final decision in the hands of the treasurer because it is her office and we have had St. George's building a new city building. They sort of said they'd give us an opportunity to have an annex in St. George. That has not been formally presented. It's kind of one of those, you could do this if you want to. Um, the, I, I don't entirely disagree with you but the requirement of it being in the control of the county uh, treasurer who has all the license tags and all of those responsibilities is the challenge. And I know other counties do do it. Um, there hasn't been a clamor for it, but I, I do know that if we did it, probably not many people would go to Westmoreland for anything anymore. And that makes that town a little uh, less economically solid but it's not off the table it's just not a big focus at this moment by the way uh, we got an announcement here about an hour ago that uh, the Potawatomi County Treasurer's Office driver's license station is going to be closed tomorrow through Friday uh, and it will reopen um, on Tuesday May 31st that's due to limited staff so I wanted to pass that on since we're on that topic uh, so if you have a Business with that office, you need to get it done today, or you're gonna have to wait till the 31st. And, and that um, those driver's license responsibilities have been handed to the counties more recently. They didn't always have them there, and the state says, "Oh, what we won't do any. You just uh, go to the counties," and that impacts the space and the uh, personnel and all of the processes that go on. Um, if she, I can't. I don't know what. The issues are, but if they don't have the staff to do it, it's worse to not tell somebody you can't do it and have them drive up there and sit yeah. for a while. So I'm glad she says something. But those are the interesting things of the state thinking that the county can take care of all their things without ever asking how how does this really work? Yeah. All right. Well, we got to take our second break here on the program, so we'll do that now. Uh, if you got any questions, you can certainly give us a call five three seven thirteen fifty. In focus continues in a moment. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN, talking here today with Dee McKee on the program. She's the uh, first district commissioner in uh, Pottawatomie County. And as we get into, uh, we're finally done with the month of May here, as far as meetings are concerned, we get into June, and we're going to be looking at budgets here pretty soon. Uh, and, you know, the, there's been a theme so far, and I don't, I imagine Pottawatomie County is going to be about the same. A lot of places are increasing their their pay for employees. We saw Riley County do it yesterday, City of Manhattan, RCPD. I'm sure the schools are considering that as well for teachers. 
it's a real dramatic shift taking a, taking place here across the the country. I, I imagine wages are going to come up here during the budget. Oh, yeah. We have had several people present, and we did some discussion on this. We did a salary evaluation thing about a year ago, and we've asked to look back at the comparisons. The problem, this is just me, John Q., commissioner, the revenue that's going in to make all of these increases is sometimes because of the PPP payments created a market and a lot of sales, and the spark money gave people money so that they could buy things and put money into the economy that may reflect as income. I find it hard to see that it's very stable for the future. And the same with the state putting $5 raises for nurses and providing money for, for if they're a, hospital, a county hospital or a city hospital. That money goes in, but it's very difficult to sustain without coming back right to the property tax owners in the future and saying, these are our salaries and we're going to have to maintain them. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope we won't find it impossible to do, but we have uh, constantly had to watch because we're between Shawnee County and we're between Riley County with our staff, and that creates <laughs> a great pressure to maintain the best people that we have, and we've done a lot of work on good equipment and good people, but th the, the decisions at top sometimes they look politically sound, but I'm, I am a personal skeptic about what that will do down the line, as you have said, the pressure, the pressure will be on to do that. And um, I, I, my father says, if you can't say something nice, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> so I guess maybe it's just at this moment that I'd, I don't want to blame them for the good, the good work that people have done and the deserving of money that they have. But there are going to, it's going to take the minimum wage up, absolutely. There's no way about that. And it's going to, uh, for some people who have businesses that have sustained them, um, make it difficult. It will close out some jobs. Um, I don't know how it'll all play. The, 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 the increase to, to schools, I think I've, you've heard me say before, I want schools to be open year-round because of the value of the buildings and the need of the poor kids regressing. And if the schools are open, then we have opportunities for mothers to work and take care of uh, their business lives. But all of a sudden, we have a glut of people in daycare, and then we have the daycares full because there's nobody there for them. And we've studied that some, and looking at that stability and the fact that the summer classes can be technical or they can be done all year round with the new, like uh, Flint Hills Technical or Manhattan Technical School having a building in Manhattan, uh, Wamego now. We're getting job training for actual careers ahead of getting out of high school. And that's the kind of thing that will make a difference in that salary business as much as just giving them money uh, for doing the same job. Once one group goes up, then the next one proportionately is underpaid, and we got right. that brought in on one of the departments, and we're down $6,000 compared to everybody else. And go, yes, but um, which, which of my favorite uh, taxpayers want to give you an extra $6,000 collectively when we are, by the state, under revenue neutral? Even though we have growth, we cannot take the increased valuation and just let it go into the payment of the mill levy, we have to do a, a little exercise of contacting everybody and having a hearing 
And that costs us about $60,000 when we do it. And every, every agency has to do it, so it, I'm not sure. It'll play out. It's, it's kind of like uh, a little bit of going through a smog. Yeah. We, we know we're going to deal with it, but the, the actual operation and uh, result is down the line something that when it clears off, everybody goes, wow, I don't know why that was different. Well, as you see uh, different departments come in and present their requests, I imagine you're going to see a lot of them uh, proposing increases. And it's your job then to kind of decide, you know, you know, where's where's the balance here? Uh, yesterday you were presented uh, extension, their, their budget. Um, they're requesting an 11.87% increase from 2022, which I thought was a, a little surprise. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a big increase. Um, but they, they have expenses that are going up too that – it, this is going to be a tough year, it seems like, for a lot of these departments. Fuel. Yeah, fuel is a big part of their, it. Uh, it does go up. The, the salaries, uh, that was a comparison against extension in all other locations. And um, we didn't say no. We had a d big discussion of becoming a regional extension service provider. And in that case, um, basically, we did, dismissed it because it, the obligation fell heavily on the larger counties, and the majority went to the smaller counties. And it was the way the state wrote the bill that makes it impossible to do. Not wasn't a bad idea. Their increases, in some ways, were a suggestion. They would like another person, but and they told us what it would be worth to have that person. Whether that actually um, materializes is a discussion. We, d we just received the proposals um, today. We know that uh, there's trouble with the libraries being able to do health insurance because they aren't in the right place. The same with the economic development offices, people, uh, they are not insured the same way as anybody else because of that. And that's probably a chance to, for somebody to, to build them a unit, some kind, I don't know. But hmm. <clears throat> we can look at a lot of those things. It's going to be uh, a discussion with everybody that they see that as a necessity. Um, I don't know that the taxpayer is paying it. Don't want to sort of have a <laughs> a little benefit from the world's funding too. So yeah, well, it's going to be a, a interesting budget season, and we'll see where where things go here as we get going next month. Uh, let's take a break and come back. We'll have one more segment with Dee McKee in a moment. News Radio KMAN. Final segment here of In Focus. News Radio KMAN. Dee McKee with us here. As uh, we continue our discussion on Pottawatomie County, and uh, one thing that's been talked a lot about here of late is uh, the uh, Safe Walks or S Safe Routes to School um, project there on Green Valley Road, and I understand that is going to be proceeding. Is that right? We received the the uh, bids were opened this week, and uh, we did get Ebert Construction um, to make the low bid, and it, due to the inflation of equipment, it has gone up more than what we had decided. We're going to talk to them just a little bit about it, but I think uh, the general thing is we're going we're gonna to go ahead with it. It's the one that goes alongside the Green Valley Bridge. It makes a 14-foot extension uh, and support for the bridge, and then that way the kids can walk on that side and then come up to the um, Christian school and have a walk across light, and then they have a walk all the way down to the uh, highway, Highway 24, and then there's also supposed to be a path that goes along that back road. And that's the question we were having, is that back road uh, 
sidewalk, whether that had to stay or whether it could go in another direction, uh, more toward the toward the school rather than back toward the city. But at any rate, uh, many people have wanted that bridge, and it, it will be started. And I, it doesn't. Uh, on be it's supposed to be uh, finished in a. Probably while school's on session, it will be work. They'll be working on it. They don't have an exact time on the final contract here, but right. this came in yesterday. Cost us about a million dollars. Well, that's good news because I, you know, I've I've driven that route many times, and it, it's needed. I, I that's that's a good project and one that will improve safety in that area. So absolutely, there's uh, the Christian schools expansion, and they're they're challenged to get their school done by time. They were looking for some room and space to put kids if they couldn't have the building done by the school year start. And talking to uh, Mr. Zimmerman, the principal, he was working on that. But this one would be another additional support for those kids and certainly get them off of the two-lane road in, on Green Valley where they have to cross with vehicles at the same time. It, it's Russian roulette. <laughs> you know, while, while we're on the topic of safety, um, we had another fatality at uh, Flush Road and Highway 24 a couple weeks ago, and uh, sad to see that. Um, young woman, 38 years old, lost her life. She's a mother of four. Uh, is there anything that can be done to improve that intersection here? I, I know that's not really in your jurisdiction. It's more KDOT probably, but and I know an overpass had been discussed at one point. I, I'm it's sad to have somebody hurt like that, but I would tell you that looking at the report, it probably was driver error, not necessarily the road that caused that trouble. And we had the same thing with the young man who about two and a half years ago uh, had a, a accident. He couldn't see a, he There were two cars coming and he pulled out, not seeing the second one. It Caution is just so much more valuable than an overpass. Um, but at this moment, that probably is not the highest. That's a KDOT project. We we put quite a bit in it to have the turn lanes coming out and the the extra stops with it. So I I can't say yes. We'll fix it. There, I have the same requests on the, the Elmslew Road mm -hmm. where there's accidents, and we've had them on Flush Road. It's just a I'm not sure I wouldn't say parents should have kids take driver's ed classes and be reminded of, of the safety. Two, ki two children, when I was going up uh, Flush Road, two people in cars on a double yellow line passed me. The first one passed me and then the second one passed me. I took their license plates down, but there would have been no way if one of our sand trucks was coming from Westmoreland that any of the three of us would have gotten out of a pretty darn good because we're at 45 miles an hour going up and they're coming down at 45 and you can't see each other till you're at the crest of the hill. It's that kind of why would you pass there? What was the absolute need? When I got to the uh, Rock Creek School, they were in the turnoff lane still sitting there when I passed them to go back, you know, go on by at not any other speed. I, I still have their license plate numbers, so if you're out there, be careful. <laughs> mm. But when you see that happen, the odds are so much against it that we need to have people stop and think that there, there is safety in driving and it's not about doing stupid things that put other people's lives at risk. And I guess that's not the answer, uh, but There's no we easy. pray for the families that have these tragedies and hope that, yeah. the, that 
we can avoid them by being awake when it's necessary. All right. There's, there's no easy fix there. And, and I know there's another project down the road uh, by the high school football stadium in Wamigo. There's supposedly going to be a light there at some point. I don't know when that's going in. Is uh, that... It's on the schedule to go in in the next year that we, we county put pressure and support in behind that to get it there because that comes up out of town at 60 mile an hour. Right. And uh, there have been several major major wrecks right there. So we we try to take those needs seriously, but they are very expensive to get in place, and they have to get on the schedule, and they have to get to bid out. And if it's on the state highway, approval of the state, we don't we can't tell them to do it. All right. It's, yeah, it's it's tough go. I know. Um, well, we got about a minute here left with you, D. I have to ask you real quick as we're getting closer to the June 1st deadline, are you going to are you going to run for re-election? Yes. I have decided that I would. I, I <laughs> it'd be easier not to. There's so many complicated things going on. Um, um I will file it end of the, <clears throat> the end of the week. I told my friends I don't have a lot of time to campaign. We've had some health issues in our family that I have to take care of and uh there's an awful lot of CPU and uh Scorpion and, and negotiations that have to do with tax shifts, you know, and if we abate for a while, when do we put that back on? How does it ad address the taxpayers when suddenly you take it off after it's been on there for three years? We're trying to, I'm trying to understand the benefit cost of those issues and it takes a lot of reading. So I will file, yes, I've... Um, I guess what that would say, I'm not smart. If I'm smart enough to file, you're not. Sm I'm not smart enough for you to vote for me. <laughs> it's just been a real interesting job down here in Blue Township with all of its unique characteristics. And uh, I like this area, and I'm very proud of the people that are here, and I appreciate their suggestions. And it's up to the good Lord how it turns out. So. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Good luck to you, and uh, appreciate you being on here once again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. All right, stay tuned. Uh, we'll have uh, more of our K-Man programming coming up. Tomorrow on the uh, show, we'll have uh, Blue Valley Randolph Superintendent uh, John Cox will join us. We'll also hear from Geary County Superintendent uh, Reginald Eggleston. He'll be joining us on the program as well tomorrow. All right, sounds good. And coming up for the rest of the morning, as you're listening, Ken Coleman, Dave Ramsey. Then we have Dan Patrick afternoon. And the game, the Royals are on at 8. And as always, you can check this show archived on our website, newsradiokman.com, if you missed any of it. It's also on SoundCloud or anywhere you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. News Radio KMAN.